What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 130 of the Masterclass. My name is Cam. His name is Dave. And, well, we're back. Yeah. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. We are on the brink of, uh, I think, the Night King coming down over the wall here in the north. Uh, We have two highs next week that are negative. Oh, no. Yeah, we have. It'll be, when I go to work in the morning, it'll be negative four degrees tomorrow excellent and then uh next week uh wednesday the high is negative 10 degrees the low is negative 27 and the following day the high is negative two with a low of negative 24 wow that's like that's like nose and and fingers falling off outside if you're not careful yes so i don't know how my dogs are going to go do their business in my backyard without you know losing appendages but i might have a three-legged dog by the end of next week There's something to look forward to. Yes. But despite that, no, I'm I'm doing good. I had a an interview at a local university for a IT position and Woo-hoo. um I'm super excited it went well. I should hear back hopefully early next week and uh you know, so I might have something positive to report next episode or <laughs> I might have something depressing to report. I'm not sure, but the thing is, you know, I have an interview, which I haven't had in four months, so I am happy for that. That is yeah. a step in the right direction, and um, I got announced... At, oh, I didn't tell you this either. Oh, my goodness. There's a lot of change. Uh, I got announced at the church on Sunday as the uh, as the volunteer youth pastor. Excellent. So I am leading the youth ministry at my church for zero dollars and zero cents. <laughs> And uh, looking for a job to pay the bills. So by work tomorrow, I mean substitute teaching. So getting some some cash that way, but definitely nothing permanent. So really super pumped about the youth ministry thing. Glad that I have sub gigs to help bring some money in, but definitely looking forward to hopefully a good call early next week saying, hey, we liked you. Here's a full-time job. Hey, that's nice. Come help run our IT things. Click, 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 boom, boom, beep, 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 that sort of stuff. <laughs> That's really all it is. Cool. Just kidding. It's a lot harder than that, but you know, oh. it's fine. Things that light up and make noise are fun. <laughs> Anyways, how are you? Good, good. So I was actually off of work for almost two weeks. <laughs> now I just, I went to training, so I guess technically that was a work, but um, actually putting on a uniform and being in a patrol car, it's been a while. So I was back in the saddle again today, so to speak, and that was nice. Were you drifting around the corners in the snow? Fast well, and the Furious we... Tokyo drift style? <laughs> and we live in the day of all-wheel drive vehicles, so... I know, how efficient and boring, geez. Yeah. I don't have one of those. I have a rear-wheel drive SUV with nothing in the trunk, so that sucker goes around <laughs> corners real fun. That is fun. Do you guys have a lot of snow? Uh, Not a ton. We were supposed to get 10 to 15 inches last weekend, and oh we got like we got like maybe two. Oh, so, wow. So, well done, weathermen and weatherwomen. I don't know how you can consistently be that wrong and still have a job, but hey, good for you. I'm just in the long, wrong line of business, apparently. <laughs> but we're also supposed to get... In in the midst of this Arctic blast, as they're calling it, um, we're supposed to get seven to ten inches on Monday alone. So mm. 
Maybe they're right this time, but I'm not, you know, banking anything on it. That would be fun. Yep, it's winter in the north, and I'm a fan. But I think this coming week is going to test if I really do like winter or not. So, that being said, if my teeth are chattering next episode, (laughs) it's because all my pipes froze and furnace broke and my house is 10 degrees. That's depressing. I hope that doesn't happen to anybody. We had uh, quite a few people without electricity here this past, not the past weekend, but the weekend before. Because all the heavy snow brought the tree limbs down. Yeah, I mean, at least we'd have a place to go. My in-laws live in town, and they have, you know, two extra bedrooms. So we would have a place to go, but there are a lot of people that don't. So here's hoping we get through this without too many uh, super tough times. Mm-hmm. All right, well, I don't think I have anything clever or insightful to add to our conversation <laughs> thus far. Fair enough. Should we? Uh, Should we dive into the scriptures? We should. All right. We are in, we're going to start chapter eight of Romans, correct? Correct. And if I remember correctly, you were pretty excited about this last time we recorded. Oh, I was. About getting into chapter eight. Why are you excited about it? (laughs) You're going to put me on the spot. Well, no, because you've had two weeks to not think about this because you didn't know I was going to ask you this question, but I mean, you were pretty pumped about it, so... Are you going to be mad at me if I ask you to share? Um, no, partly because I don't know that we're, I don't know in the first 12 verses that we'll quite get to what I am excited about. Oh, well then you're off the hook. I am off the hook, so. Save it for next time. <laughs> Stay tuned, everybody. You know, I think um, much of what we have been doing um, is focused on the law and purpose of the law, and chapter 8 gets into more of the grace and the glory and the blessings that God has for us. So I don't think there's quite as much in the first 12 verses. Well, yeah, there is. So we really do talk about kind of the the purpose of what, why, why it matters to be a Christian. I'll put it to you that way. That it's it's really not up to us, but it's about um, living in the Spirit and being dependent on the Spirit. And I think this, if I had to sum it up, this chapter um, talks about that um, the work is not up to us. So that's probably why I'm excited about chapter 8. I like it. Let's get to it. All right, so we're going to read uh, Romans 8, 1 through 11. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. By sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh, in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh, But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, 
The Spirit is life because of righteousness. If the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. All right. Where to start? I mean, I guess that first verse is one of the more famous verses in Romans. Mm -hmm. I remember like an old 90s church song. There is therefore now no (laughs) condemnation. For those who are in Christ Jesus. I can see the corny people on stage singing that song. Anyways, sorry, blast from the past there. Yes. But it is, it's a very important statement. Yeah, absolutely. Clarifying, like, the key point of the gospel, you know, without getting into the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, but the outcome of that is, there is no condemnation for those that are in Jesus, right? Those that have been right. buried and, and, and raised with him through the act of salvation, there's no more condemnation. That is gone. And that's sort of reflected in verse 8 where it says, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Mm-hmm. So you see the, 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 two, the two sides to the story really there. Right. I just, I like, I like and I'm frustrated at the same time that Ball can fit something so large and massively meaningful into a single sentence <laughs> and like be yeah, it's, like it's really just true. like oh it just it's just like kind of like a flippant statement oh there's no condemnation for those that are in christ jesus and then he goes on to explain you know more stuff but it's like can we just hold on for a second here pal and mm-hmm. back the train up and i feel like and especially in romans we do that a lot or i do anyways of reading and kind of be like wait a minute a few verses later it like kind of hits you back up and go holy cow that's a really interesting way to yeah, you know, sum up something that's so such a large concept yeah. with such impact. Yeah, if only I could do that, Dave. <laughs> Would be nice. Would be nice. Yeah. So in verse two, it says, "For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death." Which I feel like we've talked quite a bit about that in previous episodes. Mm-hmm. The concept of you know. Dying to dying to sin and being alive to God in Christ. For God has done what the law, or has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do, i.e. save us, right? Right. By sending his own son. So again, he's getting into the gospel of Jesus. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemns sin in the flesh in order that, and that's a tricky sentence, holy cow. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemns sin in the flesh, in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. My goodness. <laughs> so if I'm reading that correctly, which obviously by my two takes might be, you know, not the case, what God has done through Jesus by sending him in human flesh to the earth has done what the law could not do, which is fulfill the righteous requirement that God required of the law so that those of us who walk according to the spirit, i.e. are in Christ Jesus, do not have the the wages of sin, as Paul says in, in another place in Romans. Mm-hmm. Am I reading that right? Yeah. Yeah. So like we owe God like a pretty massive high five, right? Absolutely. I wonder if God does high fives. <laughs> I hope so. I think Jesus did. Or yeah, whatever the whatever the the cultural equivalent was. Yeah. 
it'd be really funny if don't be mad or think that I'm being sacrilegious, but like if the pearly gates aren't all like, you know, serious, like they get painted a lot of times and it's more like getting your name called on the prices right and all the angels are <laughs> high fiving you on your way down. And St. Peter's there with the like the, the two and a half foot, you know, skinny microphone. <laughs> Where are you from? <laughs> Who do you want to say hi to? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, come on down. That'd be so good. That would be. I like that idea. It would be fun. There has to be game shows in heaven, right? (laughs) Sorry, I got us off track. There could be. So, like, I don't want to gloss over these first verses, but, like, this is all stuff that we've talked about before. Right. Just sort of reiterated, Mm -hmm. because I think Paul's getting, you know, he does this a lot. He'll He'll make a couple of points. He'll summarize it again, then he'll make a couple more points, then summarize it again, and then he'll summarize like everything to make sure we're all tracking on the same page before he jumps into the next thing. And I feel like that might be what he's doing here. Sure. That's just a guess, because I actually don't remember what's coming next, because I was a bad <laughs> podcaster this week and didn't read ahead. If we keep moving, 5 says, For those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. That makes sense, right? Yeah. For the people, you know, people that are living the life that the world tells them to live are going to think about worldly things Mm -hmm. because that's what they want to do. That's their reality. That's what they know. I talked to, oh man, okay. So at youth group on Monday night, we started a um, a two-week series on the Beatitudes, Mm -hmm. which is a mistake. Because I was supposed to talk about the first four Beatitudes, and I only got through one. I had 39 (laughs) slides to do in 30 minutes, and I thought, I'll skip a few of them. It'll be fine. I got through like 12. Mm -hmm. Because turns out, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, is kind of a big deal. And there's a lot to cover there. Um, But we we were talking about this idea of, you know, those that are poor in spirit have come to the to the the conviction and realization that there's no way they can get to God, right? We have seen our situation, we have we have come to know God, we have come to know the reality of our sin and we have realized there's nothing that I can't earn it, I can't buy it, I can't steal it, I can't even try to game the system to like let me sneak in the back door. There's just no way that mm-hmm. I can do what is necessary to satisfy God, no, in you know his his search for justice for the you know the sins that have been committed, so obviously enter Jesus and all that stuff, but we talked about you know um the, what the world or how the world tells you to live, right, especially like the American dream, right, pick yourself up by your own bootstraps, if you dream it, you can do it, just work really, really hard and do be super self reliant and then you know at at a certain point if you become if you start chasing like the corporate ladder then it's about ex- ex- uh, success more often than not at the expense of other people mhm climbing the ladder and maybe using stepping on a few people's backs to get even higher to chase the next thing the next promotion the next you know the nicer house the what whatever because if success equals power and money that's what you have to do and so you look at the way you know the world tells you to live if you want to be a successful person versus the way that Jesus tells you to live if you want to be a successful child of God. 
mm-hmm. and they're two very different lives. Mm-hmm. You know, and if one of the characteristics of a Christian is being poor in spirit, then you're not going to be someone who is climbing the corporate ladder at the expense of every other person so that you can succeed because you know that ultimately that's not going to satisfy you. And that's not why you were put here. And so to see this where it says, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit makes total sense because to, to live as a child of God, to, to follow the life that Jesus has called us to is so much different than the life that the world has called us to. Mm -hmm. And it's not like the world, the life has called us to changes a whole lot over time, right? It's always been about power and money. Yeah. And sex. But I mean, it's always been about that. Mm -hmm. The strong survive, the weak die. Why was everyone so obsessed with conquering the world or at least their part of it? Because power and money were the most important things. And that's what the world tells you is to dominate mm-hmm. and to be strong and to not, you know, to show no mercy. And, you know, it's easier to see that, you know, back in the overwhelming majority of history where it was literally conquering your neighbors, rape, pillage, murder, you know, whatever to take over. And it's a little less obvious to see that in, say, money in, you know, your bank account or what, what job you have because, you know, we're not killing people. Some people are, but, you know, most people just are looking for the promotion and and financial security. But it's like what the devil does is sugarcoat it a little bit so it looks innocent when really we're trying to we're trying to make those material things fill the voids in our lives. And they never do. No, they do not. You know, and you can look at people that are successful by the world's terms and and how many times do you see athletes and movie stars and musicians and you know big time business people who should be happy because they're they're famous they're at the top of their uh industry they have a ton of money they have whatever they could want that are depressed or bitter or angry or hooked on drugs or commit suicide like they have everything the world has told them they should have to be happy and they're not happy right and it's like well yeah it's it's not gonna fulfill you but if your mind is you know set on the things the world tells you 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 don't know any better i guess you know yeah. not that you're not smart it's just you don't you, you you don't have the perspective of what jesus has to offer yeah I don't know. I talked way too much there. <laughs> uh, well, and the other thing too is, is I, you know, I wonder how many people out there think, uh, how many of us think we're living according to the spirit and have our minds set on the spirit, but really we're living according to the flesh. And, mm-hmm. um, I don't know what's, you know, is there, is there a way to gauge, um, how I'm living my life because and I'm going to probably sound a little bit judgmental here, but I feel like I run across a lot of Christians who know how to say the right things. And it's all about living the right way. And I think we've talked about this a bunch too, but you know, it's kind of this, this, like 
you know, you mentioned the American dream. And I think there's even kind of that, just the total picture is you have good kids and you have, you know, a happy marriage and... Or at least one that looks happy from the outside. Or at least, yeah, one that looks happy from the outside. And, you know, and I guess as I'm saying this, I you know, the reality is I have to, I, I have to be um, asking myself these things because... Like, as I go throughout my day, how much of what concerns me and consumes my time and my efforts really has to do with the flesh versus being focused on things of the spirit? And I get the reality is, is that, you know, we live in the world, and so we have to engage in the world, and we have to deal with things of the world that, um, I mean, our bosses expect us to do our job. You know, they're giving us money to complete a task or, you know, do whatever it is that we do uh, effectively. And I don't think there's anything wrong with hard work. I don't think there's anything wrong with achieving. And I don't think there's anything wrong with being a good employee and, and wanting to succeed in life. But ultimately, I just, I, I guess I feel like there's sort of a, like if we're truly spending time with God and in his word, that the things that we do really do kind of have that underlying focus on eternity and a God perspective versus an earthly flesh uh, perspective. And I don't know that I'm articulating this well, but well, and maybe that's even the question is, is what does that look like? What does it look like to live according to the flesh? And what does it mean to live according to the spirit and having our minds set on things of the spirit? I mean, I think a good starting point is your motivations for why you do what you do. Uh-huh. And if our motivation to say, you know, work at the local soup kitchen is to look good, then that's, you know, something that's thinking worldly because it's about our status and about our reputation. Mm-hmm. But if we're serving at the soup kitchen and our motivation is to treat poor people like Jesus has told us to treat them, mm-hmm. then I think that's, you know, someone who's in that moment making a a decision, you know, of the spirit. And so mm-hmm. that's why it's so difficult to, you know, not, well, I mean, oh, the whole judgment thing. Like, yeah, as Christians, that's, that is something that we are to do to with each other, but, you know, in relationship and in love. But it's like you can't, I can't look at someone who's serving at the soup kitchen and know their motivations unless, you know, it's made obvious somehow, right? Mm-hmm. And you can't, you can't know the sincerity of someone's, you know, worship or Bible study or prayer at church because they could be doing it for show or they could be doing it sincerely. and the only one that's going to know that is them and God. I mean, I think the way that that the best way for us to judge, you know, am I am I thinking in worldly or am I thinking spiritually? Is what are my motivations? Why am I why am I doing this? Why am I thinking this? Why do I want this? And we have to be honest with ourselves. And that's, I mean, that's my best shot at it, anyways. So, as you were talking, it. One of the thoughts that I had is what, what really makes you happy? You know, cause, cause that's like, I know that's kind of a gauge for me is, okay, I'm in a really good mood and I had a really good day. 
well, why am I in a good mood and why did I have a good day? And it's kind of based on, well, everything went my way, you know, even like when I had conflict, <laughs> I won the conflict. And, uh, you know, even when people complain, it's like, well, I successfully diffused their complaint and even got them to apologize or, or, or whatever. So there's definitely this like, where does my joy come from? Where does my happiness come from? And this may be a complete off the wall tangent, but it's it's something that's coming to my mind. And I don't know a whole lot about this, but I saw in the news that like Saints fans were suing over the bad call. Mm-hmm. There's at least two lawsuits and I'm that like, I know of. How absurd is that? It was a really bad call. Well, it was. It was in a terrible call. Truly one of the worst calls ever. But I, but I guess even in that, I guess that's kind of the point is, is I am a fan, which is short for fanatic. I am a fan of a, a game, grown men paying a game, playing a game that they get paid to play. And when there's a bad call and it doesn't go my way, I'm devastated by that. One, to where it puts me in a bad mood you know, two to where I take it out on others. And then, you know, ultimately the, the fact that I, I feel like I have the right to sue because <laughs> my team, you know, I'm not going to try to make a huge, but it, it, my mind went there. And I just think that's a great example of, you know, if our team loses, I'm not saying you shouldn't be disappointed. There are certainly things that are going to make us sad, but to truly be devastated to where it just completely ruins our day, our week, our year, whatever. And I think there are other examples of that, not just, you know, sporting events, but external factors that drive whether we're happy or whether we're sad versus really sort of living in this idea of my name is written in the book of life and I have the promise of eternal life and I know where my destination is. And... Heck, for even for that matter, just being consumed by me, 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 and not really God and his glory. Yeah. Have you heard the uh, the statement that the largest churches that gather on Sunday are the 12 to 16 NFL stadiums around the country? Yeah, that's, that is very true. Yep. Like, I get it. I used to be, like, diehard sports fans for, mm-hmm. for you know, mainly, like, Michigan football, Pistons basketball. When I was a kid, it was Red Wings everything. I was just obsessed and then um, back when I lived in Kansas, the pastor at the church that I worked at made a comment about, you know, he's a, he's a KU basketball fan, but and they can be a little, as Dave can attest to, a bit crazy when it comes to their Jayhawks. Mm-hmm. And he made the comment, they had a bad loss in like the tournament or something like that. And he made the comment of like, yeah, I like watching... Okay, you play basketball, but I'm not going to let a bunch of 18 to 22 year old young men <laughs> dictate my happiness yeah. based on how well they perform. And I thought, huh, mm-hmm. that is a really interesting way to filter your enjoyment of something. Yeah. And so it didn't really like it, it shook or shook me then as like a profound way to approach sports because I'd never thought of it that way. But then I was like, whatever, that's just, he just doesn't want to be, you know, he's, he's <laughs> spiritualizing the loss or whatever. Cause I was young and I was like, oh, gung ho about all the stuff. And then the more I, the more I have, 
you know, watched sports and, and gotten other interests such as podcasting that have taken me sort of away from that as like a obsession. Like my fantasy teams all stink now because I just don't know, you know, who the right guys are anymore. Uh, like ha- half the guys on the NBA teams, I'm like, I don't even know who you are. But it really has come to the point where it's like, I, I will watch the sports that I want to watch. And if like, you know, my team loses, like when Michigan gave up 103 points in the last two games of the season this year, football wise. Yeah. Yeah. I was mad because we lost to Ohio State and Florida, which is just gross. <laughs> but it was like, it took me like 10, 10 to 20 minutes and I was over it. Yeah. Whereas like if I was in college or right out of college and that had happened, I'd have been irate for a week. Because yeah. it's really like, am, am I going to let? A bunch of newly, you know, new adult young men losing a game ruin. Like, is that where I get my value from? Is that is that what tells me how I should be happy? Yeah. It's like, no, they lost. Mm-hmm. And that's no fun to lose. It's never fun to lose, but it's like, it's a game. Yeah. It's fun. I enjoy it. But like, really? There's so many other things in my life that matters so much more, Absolutely. you know, it like, am I, am I that upset when someone I know gets divorced? Right. Am I that upset when someone I know decides, yeah, God's a bunch of BS. I'm done with it. Yeah. Am I that upset when New York passes the law that says you can, you know, abort your pregnancy up until full term? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I should be. I should be way more upset about those things than the fact that my favorite football team tanked the last two games. You know. Mm-hmm. Anyways, that's just stuff that I'm, I'm, you know, I've been learning and I'm and I'm filtering and so like I, I'm not trying to be preachy. I'm just trying to yeah share my own struggles with this stuff and trying to figure out where to place value and and you know what what in my life is gonna is gonna bring me joy and what in my life am I going to let bring me down? And if those things are filtered through a worldly perspective, then I'm setting myself up for misery. Mm -hmm. But if I'm focused on reading scripture and learning more about God and embracing Christian community and learning to spend more time with God in prayer, then hopefully the Holy Spirit is going, you know, to help me filter those things through a spiritual lens, specifically through I'm a child of God. Right. What matters to a child of God? Yeah. It doesn't mean that sports aren't important and aren't a great way to, you know, build camaraderie and friendship and, you know, teamwork. They're not as important as taking care of the widow and the orphan and the poor. Mm-hmm. And, and if sports is your way of sharing the gospel, by all means, go for it. There are plenty of people that have come to know Jesus through sports yeah. because of dedicated men and women around the world that have used sports as a way to communicate the gospel. But if sports is the thing that's going to give you, you know, your identity, mm-hmm. you look at, again, players that play and play and play, and then they retire, and they have, they're miserable, they're depressed, they're bitter, they're angry, they don't know how to live life without that thing. They can't move on, you know, and it's just, I don't know. I'm beating a dead horse. I'm going to stop talking. (laughs) So, yeah, in um, verse six says, for to the mind on the flesh is death, but 
to set the mind and the spirit as life and peace. Yeah, see, again, everything I wanted to just say, he said in one freaking sentence. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it truly is amazing, because it, it really is. What is it that we ultimately want? We want peace. And we kind of put that on external factors versus uh, the fact that, you know, God has done what he has done for us. And uh, the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot, which again, I think we've agreed that the law is a standard that we can't uphold and that those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Again, kind of that perspective of am I am I worried about pleasing myself and me being happy or is my perspective on pleasing God? And you know, if my perspective is on pleasing God, I quickly arrive at this point of I can't do that. I you know, I just don't have the ability. And I have to be completely dependent on God's grace. I have to be dependent on the spirit. And if it, you know, verse 9, if we are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if in the fact of the spirit, God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. And I just, boy, it's even as I read these things and we talk about this, I still have this idea of it's up to me and my effort. And that is so bogus. It just, it doesn't work. But yet that is, that's where my mind goes. I start thinking about, okay, the good things I do, the bad things I do, the things that I should quit doing. We need Christ in us and we need to be living in the spirit and not in the flesh. And maybe that's easier said than done, but, or from our perspective, easier said than done. And it's probably easier done than said from his perspective. (laughs) He's like, I got you. Quit, you know, chill out a little bit. Quit working, quit toiling so hard on these things. Yeah. The spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. And again, uh, just just him repeating and, and summarizing what, you know, he's already said. If we believe that Jesus was buried and resurrected through the power of God and that we are buried and resurrected with him, then, you know, if we suffer with Christ in his death, then we're going to live with him in his resurrection. Mm-hmm. That's one of those things that's just super weird. And if you're new to Christianity or you're not you're not a Christian and this is like the first time you've heard, that's a really weird thing to hear. But like I just rattle it off my tongue like it's totally normal. Right. To be talking about being buried with someone and raised with them in new life is that's not normal. No, it's not. It's it's just it's becoming more more noticeable to me recently. How bizarre Christianity really is. Oh, yes. I grew up going to church. I grew, mm-hmm. like, I've been hearing these stories and these words and these concepts and these ideas literally since the first Sunday I was born. And so it's really easy to forget this is a super weird idea. Yes. And, and by this, I mean... Jesus being, you know, sacrificed, being buried, being brought back from life, and that 
solving the problem. It's just, this isn't a helpful discussion right here. I'm just, <laughs> again, sharing what's going through my head right now. Um, there's no profound nugget at the end of this. It's just like, it's easy for me to not consider how weird this must sound to someone who is new to what Christianity says. Yeah. I mean, his spirit dwelling in you. Yeah, that's weird too. That's that's that like sounds crazy... that sounds like like uh, possession, you know. Yeah, I have exorcised the demons. <laughs> this house is clear. Anyways, yeah, my brain hurts. I'm just gonna be honest. So if I have offered nothing this episode, this is my apology. Any uh, any parting wisdom, Dave? Before I wrap this bad boy up, you know, m- my only thought is, you know. We've been doing this for four years now, and we did the book of Matthew, and now we're sort of beginning eight chapters of Roman, and even Matthew, we didn't do all of the book of Matthew. I, you know, I would, I would just, for what it's worth, spend some time um, in Scripture, spend some time um, allowing His Word uh, to speak to you, because even as as we've spent time in Romans 8 tonight talking about it, um, it, 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 Paul does do a great job. Like verse 1 again, no, condemned, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Sums it up right there. God is an active God. He sent the Holy Spirit. And as we read his word and we spend time in it, God is going to show up and speak truth to us through his word. and. Um, in addition to doing that on our own and not being in a hurry to check off, oh, I've read this book, I've read the whole Bible, I've read whatever, is just spending time in the Word and allowing Him to speak to us. And obviously do that in community, not just by yourself. And we need to make sure that those we trust confirm what we're seeing in Scripture and what we're hearing God say to us. But I guess um, I hope there is some benefit to how we have kind of taken our time going through these scriptures and that it is so rich that, I mean, we're basically on path to take about, you know, 500 years to get through the whole Bible. <laughs> Not that that's a goal for us, but um, it is just so rich. And so I, I, this is longer than what I wanted to say, but just, I would encourage people to spend time in the word and not be in a hurry to move on to the next chapter or the next verse and making it a a task to do, but just simply being present to God and what he's revealing to you because he is live, he is active, and he will show up and reveal himself to you. Agreed. Well, I think that does it for this episode of the Masterclass. Thank you so much for your time and for uh, choosing to listen to the show, especially an episode like this where I feel like I just rambled the (laughs) entire time. But I think it was all worth it for Dave's Dave's piece there at the end. So anyways, again, <laughs> thank you so much for your time. Um, if you want the show notes, you can swipe around in your uh, podcast app of choice if you're on your phone. Um, if not, if you want to check the show notes out on uh, the interwebs, you can go to supermegacorp.net slash masterclass slash 130. Also, um, we have a Patreon. So if you want to help support what we do, 
on a regular basis, especially now that this show is back to weekly release, you can go to patreon.com slash supermegacorp. There's a link for that in the show notes too. Just check out what the rewards are. Um, and if that's something you want to do, that'd be fantastic. Um, if not, no worries. Um, we also have a subreddit that you can check out. And, uh, oh, iTunes reviews. That would be really helpful. Amen. We don't have, we don't have any. <laughs> we don't have any iTunes reviews. We've been doing the show for four years. Help. And I'm not, that sounded aggressive. I did not mean it to. <laughs> Here's two reasons why iTunes reviews would help. One, it helps other people find the show, if that's something that you want them to do. Secondarily, it gives us feedback about what we're doing well and what we could get better at. Yes. That would be awesome. Yeah, that's enough business for now. We're done. I'm going to say farewell. Ta-ta for now. Bye-bye.